Hello, listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Confused. Uh, today, your hosts, Julian and Mona, we're going to talk about uh, something that I had read recently, uh, which talked about, we all know we're in this period of change. People are settling in. The year's almost gone. And everyone's trying to think of, uh, take account of where we are today and what does now next year, the first quarter of next year looks like, where are we heading, what have we changed? We're kind of taking stock. So um, I read uh, in an article um, that a new way to think about how things are coming up is to start thinking about marketing your services to the CFO. To the people who are the who are looking after the budgets, who are um, because everyone's analyzing what they've spent, what they have actually, what services they've provided, and where they are at at the current moment. What I found that really interesting is because Julian, I think we've talked about this in our past podcasts as well, in our past episodes, and this is also something that we discuss with our clients mm-hmm. that when they're actually, even if it's writing copy for their web or even um, filling out tenders or any sort of uh, communication material that they're coming up with, it's really important to think about what benefit did it actually, why does the client need it and what benefit does it derive, what kind of money and value that is saved. And I think you have a very good example that you had once mentioned, um, and I'll let you share that example, is about the dollar value of something of the work that was carried out, which kind of changes the entire perspective of the presentation when yeah. you walk into the room or board of directors and trying to present your services. So um, uh, do you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you, you agree about the fact that it is, <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely that part, time of the year where you actually start uh, marketing your services or uh, marketing your services towards geared towards the financial decisions of your clients. What are your um, experiences that you've had and the fact that you have you've already mentioned this um, in a discussion where we ha- were talking about it that yes, that's the way, that's the way they should be think- thinking about it because it definitely does reap um, uh, rewards. I think, yes, it's almost common sense when you think about it. What, what, um, one of the problems that we have as professional services is we have a tendency of talking to ourselves as an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter what, whether it's, again, law, accountancy or, or, or um, surveying uh, property, one of the problems is that one doesn't tend to think of the uh motivators of the target audience it's very often um there are assumptions made about why would uh you know that you've you've come to me for a service like um you Mona, have come to me for a service um you know let's for argument's sake doing a a drone survey of a roof well fine um i can do that for you but do you understand the added benefit um of having it done the fact is there's there's certain argument you know it's it's thinking about your audience and not just assuming that you know all the benefits of doing it so partially that's where i always come back to the financial side one of the things that professionals are terrible at doing is actually uh, uh, educating their audience as to the financial benefit of their services 
So this goes mm. right the way back to the original point of how you compete with another firm. Um, but the thing I keep being told by some people is, oh, well, we don't actually do anything different from the next business. Well, yes, you do. Uh, everybody does. Every single business has something unique in the way it brings. But you have to look at it and you have to say, OK, um, what is going to persuade? If you take any service, if you take anything back to the um, back to the to the uh, root of it all, it all comes about uh, selling the value of what mm. you're doing. And this mm. is something that professions do not do. Mm. So <coughs> to use an analogy, um, why is a BMW worth more than a Ford? How much of that is down to the perspective of value that BMW has created around its brand? Now, both cars will do 120 kilometers an hour. Both cars have got, you know, electric windows, sat nav. You know, when you look at dollar for, you know, when you compare the equipment, they're going to have the same equipment. And OK, you can say, well, the BMW will have a better um, uh, leather in it. Is that worth $30,000? You know, mm. There, mm. but there is a whole perception because BMW has sold and very effectively sold um, its engineering expertise. So the assumption is that the BMW is worth more money, is actually a better value. It will hold its value. It's a more desired vehicle necessarily than the Ford. Mm. So, so that's, that's when you come to looking at a professional service. This is where, you know, actually saying, and the example... Um, that I've used before is one where just talking to a group of professionals in the room and I said, well, how much money have you saved your client in the last quarter? Going around the room, it added up to something like $3 million. And have you actually told anyone about that money saved? Mm -hmm. And the answer, of course, is no. no. Mm -hmm. So how can, if you're not... And you don't have to do it by throwing the figure in somebody's face, but you can do it by showing them how what you've done has saved the money and added value. You know, you should be able to, um, you know, and very often lawyers may have an easy job when it comes to showing the win in the law court of a libel action. That's a very simple, you know, it's very managed... obvious. <laughs> it's, you know, what's the value of a lawyer? Well, you mm. won me three million dollars. That's mm. that's fairly blatant. But when you go to a lawyer and say, well, what was the point of having them go through my um, title deeds? Well, because you're avoiding a potential risk. Mm. That's, that's the mm. point of it. Yeah. And it, it's the same when you come back to looking at, you know, a property. Why on earth would you go to a to a um, professional to have your building? Um, assessed and, a, and an asset register created um, well basically so that you know what you've actually bought and the condition of the parts mm. um, that's a sensible thing to do and then being able to manage them effectively means that you will save money and get the best um, return on your investment and but this aspect and this aspect of value is also long term like it's not overnight 
So these professional services firm have to kind of get into this habit of kind of showing how they contribute to the long-term scenario there rather than just trying to show that the project will save them this or this is how it's going to happen right now whereas no everything has its life expectancy around there a brand has that as well a brand is built over a period of time so I think that that association with the with the BMW and the Ford or the Mercedes Benz and the Ford is what is also over that perception has been built over a period of time and it has been maintained over a period of time. Yes. And that's when it's kind of become that values become ingrained. It's not that that they go out of their way to say everybody knows those two names kind of actually put them into you already start to put them in a hierarchy once they mention people mention it in the same breath. Ford or Benz or Ford or BMW and you already know which one first which one comes first you kind of make a mental picture in your head Absolutely. and that's what's value is it's quite and also if I, if we dissect it a little bit further the this concept of value um also feel it's really reflected in the language that the uh, that these professional services uh firms use it's about how do they how do they talk how do they communicate what is their language that they use in their communication is it simple is it easy to understand are they being accountable when they actually use that language? Is it making sense to the people, especially to the decision makers from a financial point of view? Are they reading it or are they, are, as you said, we in professional services firms really like to talk about themselves more or how good they are at doing, say, A, B or C, but they really don't talk about the user's problems and how they their services are solving those problems so language is also communication and marketing and the way they're communicating is also really important um part of this value discussion it is absolutely axiomatic to what they're doing it is the Mm. core of of looking at whatever you're doing and looking at explaining it clearly and it, it comes back i mean everything tends to curve back to what we've been saying anyway which is you know clear um, sensible, easy communication is what's at everything. Is not assuming that I understand uh, that you understand what I'm talking about, but making sure that there is genuine comprehension. Because not many people in a meeting are willing to put their hand up and say, "I don't have a clue what you're talking mm, about." Mm, um, mm. So one has to, um, and you know, giving the um, credit um, of understanding to the other side uh you know actually making sure that they do know what you're talking about and the jargon that you're using and you know it's the same within uh computing industry the number of meetings i've been in where i've sat in the middle between the client and the um software provider and it's fascinating because the soft you can see the software provider is saying one thing and the client is hearing something completely different. The mm. client then doesn't clarify what they've heard. They're running on one assumption. They then say, oh, well, that's great. That means we can have so-and-so, which means then the software provider goes, oh, they want so-and-so. Okay, we can do that. And they've not actually worked out at all the same language that they're talking. They don't understand the same terminology. and. At the end, I've watched them get up and leave, and you think, actually, these two sides don't know what they're what they've actually agreed to. Mm. There's no clarity. So it was interesting. Then 
you know, stopping the meeting and saying, do you actually understand what you're getting? Because you're saying this, is this correct? You're saying blah, blah, blah. Yes, we are. At which point the client went, oh, that isn't what we want. And there was this, this is where it comes back to establishing clear communication mm. and not making an assumption about what the other side actually wants or hears or even understands from your conversation. It's fascinating. It is. And uh, what, what I've also noticed is um, when it comes into marketing and uh, especially social media and this talk of everything can be measured, I mean, there has to be a decent ba balance. Value is also non-digital, like sometimes value of a brand or the value that you provide to an organization can be so many things. It can be through the service that you provide. It can be the service offering the actual work that is carried out is, yep. is really valuable. It could be even the information. I mean, the work would be standard, but the information, the way the information was collected and presented could be valuable over a period of time. And there can be so many aspects of this. And 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 when it comes to marketing and social media, sometimes uh, it's really important, especially in this professional services industry, is to remember that those non-digital metrics are equally responsible, uh, equally yeah. uh, responsible for value than the uh, those metrics that you can actually measure like the clicks and the followers and the people who are liking and commenting yes the, those are great and definitely important but at the same time there's a larger part of this non-visible intangible part of value offering that is kind of happening every time you're showing up on social media or your brand's showing up on social media because it's registering in people's heads or their minds as showing someone who's sharing about what they do and especially sharing behind the scenes yeah. or sharing information about a topic or about their services. And that impact over a period of time, even though it can't be measured, but it does have an impact. Absolutely. And when you when you look at um, some of the aspects, you, you think um, there's a point in my head, which is which is momentarily vanished. But it was it, it's when you look at the value of clear uh, information exchange, it's 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 at the core of everything. And mm. it's often forgotten. Mm. And you you have to ensure that there is that fundamental understanding between uh, you and your client uh, over what the value is, because what good that's what I was I was thinking. You can have an asset register or you can have a list of anything. It's like even having a list of of um, uh, if you're a retailer and having a list of every single item you have in your shop is completely valueless as a list. Mm. Completely. The value is only in what you do with that, how you analyze it, how you 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 make use uh, of that information. You yeah. make use of that information. And this mm. is this is where confusion often often sits there. Data has a value, yes, but it's just data. The analysis of that data has value. And so often I see professionals give data but no analysis. Mm. Mm. So Absolutely right. Yeah. And it's valueless, utterly valueless. And then they hand it over to the client. Now, this is where it's critical in that this is handed over to the client. Now, 
if this this it's given to the the property person on the other side for argument's sake who hands it over to the uh, finance manager who then uses it in a restrictive manner, which is what he wanted it for, for argument's sake, argument sake, as a tax write-off or for whatever taxation reason he's using the figure at the end. Mm-hmm. There has been no transition of what to do with those assets. There's been mm-hmm. no thought mm-hmm. of, of how do we get value out of those assets. It's literally been done as an exercise for taxation which is all the the client is looking for because that's his job at this time is to look at the tax, not necessarily to look at reducing future costs or discounted cash flow over the future or planning to replace a piece of equipment in five years time. It's understanding and advising your client is where the value is And that requires you to step into your client's mindset and understand what should the CFO be bothered about to those assets? What is the points of interest? He's Hmm. not that bothered that it's a Philips air conditioning unit. (laughs) He doesn't care. And that's a large that that's a large part of what we do, isn't it? We kind of ask those hard questions to our clients and try and yeah. make everything that they're trying to either communicate or share, even if it's a piece of uh, if it's just website copy or it's trying oh. to communicate through uh, through an email campaign or even video. That's what we're getting to the bottom of is where apps. How does it make sense to the reader? Absolutely, and is it relevant? I mean. Uh, we all just to use another car analogy these days okay I walk out to my car I open the bonnet and then I shut it again there is nothing under there basically that you can do anything to except to fill up the the water reservoir for the windscreen wipers Mm. now you know and and being sexist my wife doesn't even do that so I have to do it (laughs) um she doesn't mind touch it until the little light comes on (laughs) Um, But the point is that, uh, you know, we don't we don't need to understand what goes under the bonnet because we already have enough faith. For example, if you're driving around in a BMW, I very much doubt you ever get your hands dirty lifting the bonnet because why would you? You have absolute faith and confidence that that car is going to take you from A to B. Mm. Mm. Now. You know, 20 years ago, um, we all had to do, you know, far more maintenance on a car. That's the way it was. This is how they have underlined the quality and underlined, you know, all manufacturers. And the Ford is no different, Mm. Um, you know, but there's this confidence now in these products that, quite frankly, now if you use this excuse, my car broke down, uh, that's why I'm late for work. Yeah. (laughs) Who'd believe it? When was the last time anyone could realistically say that? Get an Uber. <laughs> well, you're not exactly right. It's not like there isn't another alternative. Um, but it, but that's that's where, you know, unfortunately the professions live in a bubble. Um, mm. That mm. bubble's going to have to change, especially if they're starting to look at ways of communicating to their client that is no longer lazy um that has been benefited from the past you can't just stick an advert in a newspaper you can't just uh 
you know, do boring old um, uh, written pieces. That's the past. You've now got to look at how do we communicate to our clients our value? On that note, looking to an exciting future <laughs> where uh, the entire professional services industry is able to kind of uh, pull up their socks and kind of come up with copy and come up with communication that is crystal clear about value. <laughs> Hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in I've and just listening seen, uh, into another I've just episode. Seen a pig. It just flown past the window. <laughs> what has flown past the window? <laughs> a pig. Oh, God. It's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your time, Julian. Until next time, see you.